in between fantasy football podcast season four let's go baby yeah there was a time i had trouble talking about it congratulate them we know they doubted somehow we made it up out the pit back against the wall never quit traversing through each obstacle show a non-believer what's possible let nothing they could do stand in between me and my wildest dreams let's go nothing that come at us could come in between life gave me the worst yet my side grew so green we've been down in the dirt been tossed in the trash but i never strayed from my path when we're gone we ain't looking back maybe we were all way too high maybe that's our fault it's gonna be a crazy time but it's gonna be a fun time life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box your destination for both some feel good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice all right, all right, all right. Welcome in, everyone. It is Feel Good Friday, December 9th, 2022. We are still buzzing from an absolutely electrifying performance from Baker Mayfield in the closing moments of last night's Thursday night football game. Dare I say, the best Thursday night football game of the season. Seth Woolcock back here with you, joined by a man who enjoys good music, better whiskey, and mediocre tight ends. That's my guy, Nate Polvo. Nate, how are you feeling on this beautiful Feel Good Friday? Juices are still flowing for me after just an electrifying performance from Baker. 98-yard drive, less than 48 hours after he enters the Rams building. So that was astounding. Um, if you know anything about me, you know how much I love Baker Mayfield. And like almost to a fault, like I won't let go of it. This was this is awesome. I mean, that that drive, what he did, and there were penalties, sure. But on a 98-yard drive, you're going to get some of those from a defense that didn't look like they knew what they were doing. But it was great, and I'm still, like, hyped up from it. I almost feel like it was a refresher on the season, not just for Baker, but for me. Like, I feel rejuvenated heading into Week 14. We are just a week away from most fantasy football playoffs starting. Some have already started. So we're going to help people get locked and loaded today. It is go time here, Nate. Do you want to give them the rundown on what they can expect here on this glorious day? Yeah, guys. So in about 10 minutes, we have Simon Gronwald from FYF Front Yard Fantasy. He's going to be joining us to do some start sit. And then for our sure thing sleepers of the week, friend of the show, one of my good friends, love the guy to death, Pat Fitzmorris from Fantasy Pros. Really stoked to have these guys on. It's going to be a great show today. Yeah, it's going to be electric. Simon always brings so much energy to the show, and Pat is no different as well. So we're going to start here with our Thursday Night Football recap. But before we get into that, I do want to thank the IBT family for tuning in today. Looks like we got Albert in the chat already saying, good afternoon, IBT. Good afternoon to you, Albert. Thank you so much for joining us on your busy Friday, my man. And then we have Eric in the chat already asking some questions. Eric, Hang around in just a little bit. We will jump on that question um, once we get Simon in here. Just about around quarter till um, 2 o'clock here on the East Coast, my friend. Guys, just wanted to remind you, too, if you are new to, to our content here at In Between Media, we provide feel-good lifestyle advice with your fantasy sports and betting analysis. Please like this video if you enjoyed this content. And if you're not already, subscribe to this channel, baby. Um, and just a quick announcement as well. Um, we haven't done a great job promoting it so far this week, but tomorrow is our Between the Holidays live stream party. It's an annual tradition. 
third year here. We've had some great friendships, great memories formed over the years with this, Nate. It's a collection of our IBT staff members, pretty much all the people that you see on air on this show, on any of our other shows, they'll be on with us. We also have everyone from Mike Stoyanov to our NASCAR friends and family. Um, they're going to stop by for some holiday discussion, games, and answering your guys' fantasy football questions. So you get about me and Nate and all our friends for about four or five hours tomorrow. I'm really excited for it, Nate. Kicks off at 7 p.m. Yeah, dude, it's going to be fun. It's a bit, this is the third year we're doing it. And I think we need to start calling it what it is, man. This is a holiday potathon. Yeah, yeah, it, it absolutely is, man. And um, it's it's also a boozathon as well because I've yeah, been torn up the, the last couple of years we've done this. Um, don't remember going to bed some of these nights afterwards. So it gets dangerous. It gets fun. Um, after about the, the 10 o'clock hour, it does get a little PG-13. So make sure your kids aren't watching after <laughs> that. But other than that, guys, it's going to be glorious. And today it's going to be glorious as well. So let's jump right into it, Nate, with our Thursday night football recap here. The Rams. They come back, 98-yard drive by Baker Mayfield to lead this way for this team. They looked like they were dead. Looked like the season was over for them. Raiders looked like maybe they could maybe sneak back into a wild-card picture in the AFC. Not so fast, baby. Nate, what is your just like general reaction to this moment? Because Herbie said like last night on the broadcast, like he's like, I'm not trying to make too much out of this, but have we ever seen this? A player go to another system, two days turnaround time, lead them on a game-winning drive like this? You know, I, I hearing him say that just how rare something like this is. I mean, Thursday night football is generally like the snooze game of the week, right? Yeah, and it was for three quarters. There was nothing much. Like Devontae Adams wasn't really going. Josh Jacobs was running well. The Raiders' offense didn't do that much. I mean, sixteen points over the game is against a bad Rams defense. But with Baker, he's 22 of 35, 230 yards and a touchdown. He had a 91.5 passer rating, though, which is pretty good for a guy who, I mean, how could you learn the playbook? And let's also like not bury the lead here. They have a terrible offensive line, maybe the worst in the NFL, guys. And then mediocre weapons, no Cooper Cup, no Allen Robinson. So I was surprised. My favorite Thursday night football game of the season. Yep. Next on the schedule, though, for the Rams, Green Bay, Denver, and the Chargers. Denver was a defense I was running from earlier in the season. Not so fast here later on. They've been um, more of a plus matchup over the last month for quarterbacks. But with all this being said, is there value in a one-quarterback league for Baker? No. No, because we know who the top 12 are. And could he have a boom week some point here in this stretch? Yeah, but you're not going to bet on it in a one QB league. Yeah, I mean, he's rosterable in Superflex. Um, really, I think the only player that you can roll out occasionally, which I think it can be a trap, I talked about on Tuesday as him being one of my landmines, is Cam Akers. He did get a TD. He got one reception in this one, but he still just averaged 3.5 yards on 12 carries against a bad Raiders defense. So, like, this is what you're hoping for. You're, like, you're putting him in your lineups, and you're, like, praying to the fantasy gods that he walks away with 10 PPR points. And, and Nate, can we just like stop trying to pretend that Kyron Williams is going to be a thing because three for 19 on the ground, he is a good player, but want one reception, 10 yards, like he's efficient, but the volume's just not there to trust him. I don't think he's rosterable. He definitely isn't rosterable. I don't want anything to do with this backfield. We talked about this a little bit on Tuesday. You don't know what's going to happen between Kyron Williams, Cam Akers. They need a touchdown to be fantasy relevant, even like slightly. Yeah, I'm, I've been out on Kyron Williams, though. I have zero shares across 26 leagues. If that tells you anything. Last thing to touch on here on the Rams side, Nate. 
Ben Skronik did have a really good game for him. Eight targets, seven receptions, 89 yards for the guy out of Notre Dame's second year, man. And then Tutu Atwell saw a career high nine targets. Only had 12 targets coming into this game on his entire career in the last two seasons. Your guy Van Jefferson, four targets, two for 44, and that game-winning touchdown where he got manned up for some reason uh, in the in the downstretch of that game. Are you interested in the, these pass catchers at all? Skronik looked great. It was good to see that from 2-2 as well, um, but it just seems like it's a three-man monster out there as well. Well, I'm not interested yet. This is one game. Baker Mayfield is playing out of his mind, and that's something we have to take into consideration here too. He was running on adrenaline. Like this was a pure adrenaline performance from him. Maybe he can keep it up. Maybe he can keep Skoranek and Atwell relevant, but I need to see it one more week. Yeah, and it's hard to trust Tyler Higby after this performance yeah. as well, Nate. Just 25 yards for Higby over the last three games. His pace has slowed way down. Still zero touchdowns on the season for him. It hasn't been great for Tyler Higby so far. Um, I think he's droppable as well if you haven't already made that decision. Um, rounding out here with the Raiders, Nate, this was kind of a, an interesting game because Devontae Adams has a great catch in the first half, getting fed a little bit, but then just does not does not produce in the second half. Derek Carr st stops looking his way, has a terrible, terrible red zone interception right before half, 10.1 PPR points. And I know right now people are digging up some receipts on you and I for I, I a couple weeks ago, I wanted to sell Adams just because I didn't think it was sustainable. And what we are seeing against some of these better defenses didn't come to fruition. He's been great lately, um, but these are the type of performances he can have with Derek Carr at quarterback. The inconsistency is real. Well, Yes, this is what we've all known was a possibility with this Raiders, D Raiders offense. They haven't been good this season. There were high expectations. They haven't been consistent. We'll put it that way because they have been good at times. 27 carries for Josh Jacobs, seven targets for Devontae Adams. That's not acceptable. It's just not acceptable. You're not going to win games that way. This Raiders team can't win games that's, that way because their defense isn't good enough to support a heavy run game. They need to be throwing the ball. They need to be throwing to Devontae Adams, period, or they're not going to win games. Yeah, and there's just not enough juice right now. 34 design rushing attempts for the Raiders. Derek Carr, 11 for 20, 137 yards, two touchdowns. And the touchdown percentage I thought was going to go up this year for Carr. He hasn't had all his weapons at his disposal, but still is just around his his career minimum or career average around 4.3%, which just isn't going to get it done here. Josh Jacobs is lit. I was definitely wrong about him coming into the season. Has a little bit of a hand injury. We got to keep an yeah. eye on that one because he, he exited the game and looked like he kind of fell on that hand, came back in through a pass the very next play. So it was kind of a weird situation, but I guess that's what we can expect with Josh, uh, Josh McDaniels led offenses here. And that's it right there. Josh McDaniels. Everybody at the beginning of the season wanted him fired. Then he won a couple of games. See, Josh McDaniels is good. I don't believe that he should be a head coach in the NFL. And we saw why last night. And I would like to know something interesting. Baker Mayfield said in an interview after the game, and I don't know if you heard this, but he said to, I think it was Ryan Fitzpatrick. He said, I don't understand why they were playing press coverage at the yes. end of the game. What was that about? There's no reason they should have been in the cover three. Yeah, I, I was surprised to see him one-on-one -on, -one on the outside, let Baker get to him. Either way, Nate, it was an electric performance. Yeah. We'll close the book on Thursday Night Football Recap. Um, just one more thing to kind of keep in mind going forward for the Raiders. It's a tough schedule. New England, Pittsburgh, San Francisco. So 
I think you can drop Matt Collins. He had a nice game in the rushing department, but I don't think it's sustainable against these good defenses. And you got to hope and pray here for Devontae Adams to hit because he's either going to be a league winner or a league loser here in 2022. And Nate, let's go ahead and jump forward then to our next segment here, matchup management. Who you got? Matchup it gonna be all right guys matchup management this is your time to get some advice from us and our guest panelists and today we're going to bring in a very special member of the front yard fantasy family he's also a good friend of the ibt family as well over here guys give it up for the one the only simon what's up guys thanks so much for uh thanks so much for bringing me on today it's always a treat getting to spend some time with you in the middle of the afternoon Absolutely, man. Good to see you. How are you feeling? How are the juices flowing for you? I know you've already probably discussed it at length on the FYF morning show, but how are you feeling after that electric performance by Baker Mayfield last night? I got my, uh, I, I know it's a Cleveland shirt, but I got my <laughs> Baker Mayfield shirt on him with the dogs. Um, dude, I'm happy for the guy. I was, I was sitting out there saying there's no way, not that Baker's not a good quarterback, but with what he's gone through this season and to show up as Sean McVay said it 10 minutes ago, and then come in here and lead that kind of drive. He was making the kind of throws that you expected from him when he originally got drafted, the kind we saw in that rookie season, hitting players in stride, players that he hasn't ever played with before. Two 10-play drives is what he got to go through in practice. Two 10-play drives, walkthroughs, and then they sent him out there to start. Um, just fun. That's fun for the NFL. I was happy to see it. It's carrying us into the weekend here. Simon, how has the season unfolded for you guys over FYF? I know you've been uh, remaining busy over there as well. No, it's been awesome. We uh, we started with our morning show this year over on Better Sports Network, so three hours every morning, seven to ten a.m. And that's been a it's been an adjustment, man. I'm not a morning person, but it is so much fun. The thing that like helps is every day at five thirty when I wake up. I'm like, there's no way I can do this. And then about 10 minutes in, I'm like, oh, wait, I'm sitting here with two of my best friends talking about the thing we love most in the whole world. I can manage this. It's all right waking up early for that. There we go, man. Well, we appreciate it, Simon. We appreciate you being here with us today, man. First question in the chat, we got Eric who dropped this right as the show is beginning or a little bit before. He's asking, should he start Trevor Lawrence or Jared Goff this week? Man, Trevor Lawrence has been... Up and down, but he has had some really strong fantasy performances here, Simon. But Jared Goff gets a great matchup in the Vikings defense. He's been on fire lately, averaging 290 yards, passing two touchdowns and zero picks over his last two outings. Is that enough to take Goff here? Or do you want the the up and down play of Lawrence heading into week 14 here, Simon? Lawrence is a fine start, but Goff is a must start this week against Minnesota. Just look at what Vegas thinks is going to happen in this game. Detroit, they're one and a half point favorites, so they're expecting a close game. 51 and a half point over under. Two offenses that we've seen get it done this year and two defenses that we've seen get beat. We saw Mike White beat up on some of these defenses, right? So I'm not too worried about the defensive matchup. Jared Goff's been on a heater, and in a matchup like this, give me every single piece I can get. Yeah, and let's, let's keep in mind here as well, Nate, the Vikings last two times out ha have allowed an average of 375.5 passing nice. yards per game to Mac Jones and Mike White. So are, are you willing to ride the Jared Goff experience here heading into the fantasy playoffs? Well, you didn't even need to throw out the stats to convince me. I would have, I was here before this question came. Jared Goff, you have to start. I mean, he's going to light it up against this Minnesota defense. He's been so good. This offense is rolling. And like Simon said, 
Trevor Lawrence is a fine play. If you've got both of them in a two QB league, you can start them both. Yeah. But if it's between these two, I'm starting golf. I'm hundred percent with you there guys. Appreciate that analysis. We got JL in the chat today. He's saying, Oi. And then he's asking WTF is on my face. <laughs> hey man, we're riding Movember out at least until the new year. Simon, I think you're on that train a little bit with me as well. So I was in the car with my girlfriend on December 1st and I was like, Oh, I can shave my mustache today. And she said, no, just let out a yelp like do not so i guess i have a mustache now i guess that's just how it runs. oh man jen could not wait for me to shit bite <laughs> off last year well less i'm digging here. it set. i think i think simon's girlfriend i think Kate, katie's also been supportive of the stash as well so i don't know if we just rock it better than you nate or uh or maybe jen's just not into this the mustache ride jen's not into the stash man she just doesn't love it Maybe our significant others have bad taste and we just benefit from it. We, we just get to benefit <laughs> off of them having bad taste. JL saying, just playing. I love you. JL, I want to see you with the stash, buddy. I'm ready. I don't think I've ever seen JL really with any facial hair. Yeah, there was a, he hair? tried it. He tried it a little bit earlier this season where he was like, I have to know what I look like if I grow it out. And he grew out the like the goatee with the mustache attached right there. And he looked about 20 years older and like he played baseball and smoked cigarettes <laughs> for the last 30 years. We love it, man. We oh. love it. Guys, as we're kind of on the topic of quarterback here, I did want to bring up one of the main fades at quarterback this week that I'm on board with as well. Tom Brady, he's coming into this matchup. He hasn't been he hasn't been awful as of late, but he's only reached over 20 fantasy points once this season. Now he's facing the 49ers defense that have limited Tua and Justin Herbert to less than 15 points over the last month. Simon, how do you feel about Tom Brady? Um, is there enough juice here to you for you to get behind him against the 49ers? Yeah, we're when we're talking about the 49ers, we're talking about the team that's given up the fourth fewest points to the opposing quarterbacks all season in fantasy. Um, it doesn't matter who's playing them. I, I think the only quarterback where I don't have concerns is if Patrick Mahomes is going up against the 49ers. Then I'm not messing around with benching Patrick Mahomes. But Tom Brady, with what we've seen from this Tampa Bay offense this year, with the offensive line struggles that they have there in Tampa Bay, this is a nasty matchup specifically for Brady. I'm I'm worried about it. He's outside of my top 15 quarterbacks this week. And it is absurd when you look at the touchdown percentage from Brady. He was over six touchdown percentage rate the last two years in Tampa Bay. It's at 3.1 right now. So he's having a, a trouble, troubling season trying to find Mike Evans, trying to find Chris Godwin in the end zone. Nate, with this being said, are you willing to ride Brady in any capacity this week? I haven't started Tom Brady. I have him rostered. I haven't started him in a league this year. I just uh, The floor is too low. There are other guys I'd rather roll out. And again, San Francisco, like that's no way, like way too risky. Okay. Yeah. I never thought we'd be, we'd be at this point already guys where Jared Goff, Simon's calling him a must start and pretty much Tom <laughs> Brady were consensus sit him all the way around. Want to jump into this question here from our guy, Eric. He's asking you, should he start Hollywood Brown over James Cook or Gabe Davis at flex this week? Nate, I think actually Eric kind of touched on this one earlier on our Tuesday show. Have your feelings changed at all about Hollywood Brown going up against the Patriots on Monday night football in uh, Scottsdale? Nope. Not at so all. Would you, would you be rolling James Cook or Gabe I'm Davis? Still, I'm still rolling James Cook. I think he, by far, he's the running back one in Buffalo now. I mean, he's seeing the majority of the high value touches. They're using him in a variety of ways. I think he's a start every week at this point. 
I don't know if I can like jump behind him being the RB one in Buffalo, but it is like close. Like he did out snap Devin Singletary and did um, have more touches as well last week. With that being said, Simon, are you willing to get behind James Cook? Um, Gabe Davis feels a little bit trappy this week against the Jets, who have a very nice secondary with Sauce Gardner. I mean, not over Hollywood. I, I, I disagree a little bit on the narrative for Hollywood. The Patriots. They're good against opposing wide receivers and quarterbacks, but I think their focus is going to be on a one Mr. DeAndre Hopkins in this game. Um, he's going to be the player that they try to take out, and that might open things up for Hollywood Brown a little bit against that Patriots secondary. So I'm starting Hollywood Brown over both of these plays, but I do agree James Cook would be next for me. He'd be that next guy in line. Gabe Davis down there at the bottom. You're a Hollywood Brown guy, though, Simon. You, I feel like you've always been a little bit of a Hollywood Brown guy. I think I actually just watched maybe one of your guys' videos this week, and it was you uh, sharing some love for Hollywood. I got a love for Hollywood. He's a good player. All right. Well, I appreciate the insight there, guys. I think it kind of comes down to me. Like if I feel like I need the boom on Monday night football, I don't mind having Hollywood there. If I want a steady Eddie, I'm going to go James Cook here. Um, but appreciate the question nonetheless, Eric. While we're on the topic of running backs, talking about James Cook, Simon, how are you feeling this week about Jamal Williams? People are hitting the panic button on him. After one week of, of DeAndre Swift out-touching him, keep in mind that was the first time he had out-touched him since week one. Um, really good matchup against the Vikings here. They've been super leaky. Uh, second friendliest matchup to opposing running backs over the last month. Are, are you concerned? Are you still rolling out Jamal Williams? I'm not concerned at all. And DeAndre Swift is going to out-touch him again. And he's probably going to out-touch him in every single game this season that he's fully healthy. But you can still start both of these guys, especially in a plus matchup like this. Jamal Williams is a touchdown machine. It's what he does. And Amon Ross St. Brown and DeAndre Swift, their favorite thing to do this year is just to gift wrap him one-yard touchdown runs, two-yard touchdown runs, mm -hmm. where they make the big play down the field. And when they get down there after those big plays, Jamal Williams is the guy they go to. And in an offense that's running this well at this point in the season, you want the touchdown guy, the guy who's getting the red zone carries. I'm not... I'm not concerned. Keep plugging Jamal Williams in. He can help you win a title this year. Nate, any additional thoughts on Jamal Williams? He has been an RB1 this season. Maybe the sneakiest RB1 season we've seen in a long time. No one's talking about it. All the dude does is score touchdowns. Like Simon encapsulated all of that perfectly. It's exactly what I would have said. You can start them both. Mm -hmm. There's no reason not to. It's fun, man. It's fun mm -hmm. when you can start two running backs from, from one team. Oh, it left me hanging. I was going for a fist bump because you said I oh. agreed exactly. <laughs> All right, guys, let's kind of talk about a little bit more about some more running backs before we jump over to wide receivers. And and guys, if you do have any questions in the chat, keep bringing those our way too. We'd be we'd love to hit on those. Cream Hunt, is this another matchup where we are enticed to play him? We thought last week was going to be a really nice matchup for him against the Texans. Nate and I were not buying it as well with Mike Stoyanov. He wasn't buying it when we had him on last Friday. It is against Cincinnati, which is kind of a good matchup on paper again. Um, Simon, are you willing to trust Kareem Hunt here? I mean, if we weren't looking at six teams on bye this week, my answer would immediately be no. My answer would immediately be he's probably not worth starting in most situations. Um, his role hasn't been there in this offense as it has been in years past here on the Cleveland Browns. And they've got a new quarterback under center that we saw in the weirdest offensive game ever last week. They scored 27 yeah. points, but not a single offensive touchdown in that game, two defensive scores and a special team score. So I don't even know necessarily like what Deshaun Watson wants to do in this offense. The other thing working against them there, I think Deshaun Watson maybe hurts his value a bit. 
because he's definitely a bit more mobile than Jacoby Brissett was. And Kareem Hunt getting some of that dump off work, the short yardage work, Deshaun Watson may just take off, may just run instead. He's got that skill set. So sure, you can plug him in if you have to. He is a bi-week fill-in level player, uh, but I'm not expecting a big performance from Kareem Hunt. You're probably what, Nate, looking for seven, eight points if you're starting Hunt, honestly? Dude, if I got seven or eight points out of Hunt this week, I would be ecstatic. I mean, it, I can't believe we've reached the point of Kareem Hunt by week fill-in is acceptable. But that's where we're at. I mean, he's in an offense with Nick Chubb. So what are you going to do? And like Simon said, Deshaun Watson's far more mobile. Gets rid of some of that dump off, like junk play stuff for Hunt. You, you, you can start him, but low expectations. 34.3% opportunity share that has been the lowest he's seen in a Cleveland Browns uniform in any of his three seasons. So I'm with you guys. I just don't think there's enough volume around for Kareem Hunt this week. But, but you know, like Simon said, if you, if you got to do it this week, if you got need a desperation RB2, he might be your play. Um, Want to move forward to wide receivers here. Simon, how are you feeling about Darius Slayton this week? He has been absolutely electric the last couple of weeks. Not a great matchup against the Eagles, but um, I'm not afraid of it because he's had matchups against the, the Seahawks and the Texans, both sixth and seventh against wide receivers on the season. Those weeks, 15.1 PPR points. Are you interested in Darius Slayton here? No, not at all. Those secondaries you mentioned aren't Darius Slay and James Bradbury. Um, Darius Slay and James Bradbury are terrifying me off of most receiving options in the NFL. Unless your name is... Justin Jefferson, or your name is Devontae Adams. I'm looking elsewhere, knocking you down a full tier in my rankings when you go up against that Eagles secondary. So Darius Slayton is borderline hands off for me this week. I don't think he's a good enough receiver to get it done against that Eagles defense. And we've seen it time and time again, the way to beat this Eagles team or to find any level of success is through the run game. They're not great at stopping the run. And what do the Giants have? Saquon Barkley, right? Like that's a, that's a pretty good runner that they can run through this team with. So I'm rolling elsewhere. We are. I did just see a little bit of a mm-hmm. report as well that Barkley might not suit up in this one. Yikes. So maybe have have a little bit of, uh, of precautionary plans. Pick up Matt Breida if you do roster Barkley. Um, Nate, are you willing to ride ride the Slayton train this week? Eight targets, 79.7 receiving yards average over his last three weeks. So the volume's been there. But like Simon says, it is a really scary secondary. Well, yeah, it, those numbers aren't against Darius Slay. And James Bradbury, it's just very simply, you can't play Slayton this week. I mean, could he have a good game? Sure. Is it likely? No. Let's stay with wide receivers here from this question from Albert. He's asking, do you guys think Amari Cooper is going to play this week? So I'm no injury expert at all. Simon, how do you feel about Amari Cooper, even if he does play with the question mark of Deshaun Watson? Um, Just came out about an hour ago that he is... Um, expected to be possibly a game time decision, still limited in practice, listed as questionable. Yeah, um, and you just got to follow that closely. If he's playing, I'm probably plugging him into my lineups. The Spengel secondary isn't scaring me off. And the good news about that weird game against Houston as well is we don't really necessarily know what this Browns offense is going to look like with Deshaun Watson. And we assume we're going to get better play out of him at some point this season. That was the first game back. Amari Cooper's the dude in this offense. If one receiver is getting the targets, it's Amari Cooper. And I'm not going to sit a top 12 wide receiver in a plus matchup because of some of this uncertainty. Um, I'm still I'm still plugging him in, but some of that confidence is shaken, right? There's there's an extra element added in here that we didn't have a couple weeks ago with Jacoby Brissett. 
Nate, are you thrown off because this was kind of one of those midweek injuries for Amari Cooper got injured in Thursday's practice. So like that always doesn't bode well for me. I guess I get a little more skeptic after seeing those injuries pop up midweek. Um, we don't see it often, but are you concerned about it? I usually, when you see these injuries pop up middle to late in the week, it's a practice injury or a re-aggravation. A lot of times these guys don't end up playing on Sunday. So yeah, I am a little worried that we're not going to see Amari Cooper. However, if he's on the field, even with Deshaun Watson at quarterback and those concerns, you pro- you're likely not in a position where you can put Amari Cooper on your bench. I want to talk about another wide receiver that is getting a little bit of buzz right now, and that's Robert Woods. Probably no Traylon Burks this, this week. Is Robert Woods your your guys' type of play against the Jacksonville Jaguars? Nate, how do you feel about it? He's only uh, only been a wide receiver three twice this season so far. I wouldn't be playing Woods any week if you can avoid it. But again, we're in that territory of the season, and with bye weeks in week 14, you might not have a choice. So just be aware that his floor is very, very low, even with Traylon Burks out. Simon, are you willing to risk it with Robert Woods here? He's been added in a ton of sleeper leagues this this week. One of the more trending up players. No, I'm good. I'm good. Whenever uh, whenever someone goes down in that Tennessee offense in their receiving game, uh, I, I think it benefits one person and one person only for fantasy, and that's Derrick Henry. Um, I'm not sure they're going to start just like all of a sudden Robert Woods is this wide receiver one because one of the most run-heavy offenses in the league had their rookie wide receiver one go down. Um he hasn't done it yet, even when given the opportunity this year. I'll I'll just bump Derrick Henry up a spot in my rankings instead. Yeah, I was a little surprised, honestly, to see the buzz around him on Twitter yesterday and just on, on the Sleeper app as well because like he hasn't scored over 13 PPR points yet this season. So the What's ceiling the is low. The floor is low as well. And this is a, a team right now. They're running the second fewest amount of plays. And they run the ball the third most in the NFL. So there's just not a lot of volume there. Well, Simon, we appreciate all your insight today, man. We we appreciate all the start sits and all the analysis you bring, not just us here at IBT occasionally, but over at the Front Yard Fantasy Channel as well. How can we best support you throughout the remainder of this season and beyond, our friend? Well, I appreciate it, Seth. And we uh we love the whole IBT crew over here. I love whenever you guys are able to come hang out. Nate's helped us out as a, as a fill-in a couple times here, so unbelievably appreciative for everything you guys do for front yard fantasy and for me personally. But if you guys want to check out more of what we're doing, you can head on over to our YouTube channel. That's the best place to find us at front yard fantasy on YouTube. Type it in. It should come up, hit that subscribe button. That's where most of our shows are going to be right there on the front yard fantasy channel and come hang out with us in the morning, seven to 10 AM Eastern time. We are live hanging out, talking football, talking, not football at all. Um, and doing a whole plethora of things. There you go, man. Guys, get your morning started with Front Yard Fantasy. I've enjoyed it. When I wake up that early, I honestly like tuning in <laughs> to you guys. It, it helps me kind of get the brain going. And you guys talk a lot, a lot, a lot more about than, than just football, which you know is refreshing to me. Yeah, we have a lot of fun. We I don't know. I love talking football, but I'm not sure I could do it for three hours straight. That's a lie. <laughs> I could do it for six hours straight. But it's fun to mix in some other stuff, too. Well, guys, you know him, FYF Simon on Twitter. Go over to the Front Yard Fantasy channel and subscribe on YouTube if you aren't already. Simon, thank you so much for your time today, man. We'll see you soon. Thank you guys so much. Have a good one. And let's go ahead, man. Let's go ahead and move forward to our next segment of the show. Let's jump into some Sure Things Sleepers of the Week. It's the Sure Thing Sleepers of the Week. All right. This is your thing. Sure thing. Sleepers of the week. 
And Nate, I'm trying to lift a little bit of a curse this week. Last week, Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. The week before I went Michael Carter, he got hurt as well. So uh, we're hoping to bring the good vibes back this week. I think we can do it. I think we've got some really solid sleepers this week. And our guest is one of the smartest people in the industry. And I'm sure he's coming with some fire today, too. All right, guys, let's bring him on. He's the managing editor over at Fantasy Pros, also the host of the Fitz on Fantasy podcast. Guys, welcome in Pat Fitzmorris. What's up, Pat? Wait, where's the smart person you were talking about, Nate? Is there someone else who was supposed to be on the show with you guys? Uh, Seth and Nate, really great to join you guys as always. Absolutely, man. How has your uh, season been unfolding so far, Pat? You know, pretty good. Actually, um, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, I have not won any sort of fantasy championship since 2019. I've had a a two-year drought. And um, yeah, so like going into a bunch of like six and six and seven and five teams and uh, week 13 was just like the best week of the fantasy season. Pretty much all those teams came through. So everywhere, every place where I needed to win to like sew up a playoff spot or to stay alive, I pretty much won last week. It was one of those rare weeks when everything went well. Still got a couple of games uh, that are important this week and those started well last night. So I'm going to get some swing this year uh and i just got to get you know get those sweet treats to come falling out so uh you know it's it's been a long long drought gotta gotta get that championship hardware man hey we feel you man we feel you it's uh it's a finicky game fantasy football but we love it nonetheless pat i want to quickly before we jump into short thing sleepers what was your overall impressions of, of you know just from a fan perspective of the baker mayfield showing late in the game 98 yard drive less than 48 hours with the Rams organization. Yeah, uh, it was fun. You know, even though I had a uh, a wager on the Raiders last night, like how oh. can you not enjoy that? And it's just anytime you think the, you have the NFL pegged, uh, something bizarre happens. And, uh, you know, we know through May, we know Mayfield's been through a lot and he's probably not going to go into the 2023 season as anyone's starting quarterback. Nice to have him uh, get his moment in the sun last night. That was pretty cool. And and to do it, what, 48 hours after being traded to his new yeah. team and, and somehow pulling off that miracle comeback, like it was fun to see, you know, it was a, it was a fun night. I uh, lost some money on it. Well, it was good to see that. Um, Pat, it's good to see you today. Last time you came in with a really nice short thing sleeper of the week for us. Who do you have for us heading into week 14? No pressure, but a lot of people's uh, fantasy playoff hopes could be on the line here. All right. How about Tony Jones? And, um, you know, like, am I going to vouch for the talent of Tony Jones? Who I just heard referred to by uh, Dwayne McFarland of Matthew Berry's Fantasy Life as Tojo. Can we get that going instead of uh, Rojo? Since Rojo didn't really pan out, I would be a good substitute. Um, Anyway, yeah, so it looks like Kenneth Walker isn't going to play. It looks like there's a good chance DJ Dallas doesn't play. That leaves uh, Travis Homer and Tojo, and uh, Homer is dealing with a knee issue of his own. Yep. Seattle is at home going against the Panthers, who have given up, I believe, the seventh most fantasy points to uh, opposing running backs. They're giving up over five yards per carry to running backs. Um, It's a potentially good spot, and I think we're going to see Homer play a lot on passing downs, but I think uh, Jones is going to get a lot of the early down work. And you guys know you've played fantasy football long enough, like 
at running back, it's all about opportunity. You know, like talent matters, but opportunity matters more. And I think there's opportunity for Jones this week. So I think he's a really interesting, sneaky start in a 16 bye week. Pat, if if there is a Travis Homer sighting, if he is active, would you pivot to Travis Homer? Are you still riding Tojo? Um, does that shake up how, how you feel about it at all? Yeah, I mean, so I, I still have Homer ranked ahead of Jones, Seth. But, um, you know, this is more like the sneaky sleeper type thing. I mean, I Homer is kind of chalk this week. Because you know he's going to get that passing down work and, you know, some of the early down work. So he, I mean, it's like a, a 10-point PPR this week, uh, assuming Walker and Dallas are both out. But, like, Jones is the guy I think people are maybe overlooking a bit and a, a guy I think can be flex-worthy in a lot of leagues. Yeah, he's still out there in a lot of leagues, too. He was not being picked up, whether you're playing on Sleeper, ESPN, CBS this week. He was available in still 90-plus percent of leagues heading into this week. Nate, any initial thoughts on the call from uh, Pat for Tony Jones? Because we had some people earlier in the chat this week on one of our shows kind of building that hype train a little bit um, as the week got going. You know, I've seen that hype train building on a number of shows I've been on this week, and it's interesting, and I do like it. You know, I love deep sleepers, like going like so deep that people are like, who the hell is that guy Nate's talking about? What is this? And this is kind of that play like in Tojo. We're going to get that trending on Twitter somehow, some way. I really like this call. If Homer's hurt, you can imagine he might be on a little bit of a pitch count, even if he does play. And why not ride the healthy running back? If Tony Jones is healthy and Travis Homer is a little bit hobbled. I think Jones gets the majority of this volume. This is a, I love this. He wasn't on my radar that much either. I, I saw people talking. I was like, yeah, eh. but no, I love it. Yeah. And I think game script also plays in Tony Jones's favor in this one. If the Seahawks get ahead, they're going to need to some, choose some clock up against Sam Darnold and the Carolina Panthers there. So Pat, I really like this call. Nate, do you want to hit us with your sure thing sleep for the week, please? Yeah, I didn't go as deep as I usually do this week. Uh, this week I'm going with Tyler Huntley. And I think it's pretty obvious that he was good last season. He elevates Mark Andrews. He had a decent week. What, 80% of the snaps, 90% of the snaps last week against Denver. He had 16 plus fantasy points. But what I like this week is that TJ Watt is out in Pittsburgh. They've been very good against mobile quarterbacks and running backs with Watt in. But when Watt was out for those first 10 games, they had a hard time against quarterbacks. So much so that they currently rank ninth in fantasy points allowed. So this is, it's just, it's a division matchup. Baltimore's in the hunt. They want to beat Pittsburgh. I think they're going to beat Pittsburgh. And I think Huntley's going to be running all over this defense this week. It's a high upside play, Nate. Um, TJ Watt limited today in practice. So there is a chance he goes. Pat, how do you feel about Tyler Huntley if Watt goes or if he doesn't go? Is he that much of a, of a game changer for you that you're moving Huntley up or down your ranks based on it? He does matter for sure. And I got to, uh, you know, shout out to TJ Watt, fellow Wisconsin Badger. So, uh, you know, of yes, course sir. I have to uh, acknowledge the impact he can have on a game. Um, but yeah, like to Nate's point, when TJ Watt was out earlier in the season, we saw Pittsburgh like bottom five, bottom 10 teams in pressure rate. And how weird is it to see the Steers as a team that isn't able to apply a pass rush? So um, I think when they went against Huntley last year in a start, they had like, I think they intercepted him twice and sacked him like four or five times. Um, but with Watt not there, that pressure is not going to be intense. And as Nate said, like, 
it's not, I don't know if it's quite one for one as far as Huntley's reliability versus Lamar Jacks, but he's the same type of d- dude. Like they don't have to change what they do on offense for him. And he is going to run aggressively. We saw it season. Um, I, I don't think Mark Andrews investors are too sad about the change because uh, no. you know, Huntley just completely locked on to Andrews last year. And he had some monster games, including uh, carving up my Green Bay Packers late last year. So, yeah, I, I like that call. I mean, Huntley is definitely in play as a streamer this week at quarterback. All right. Nate, I like it. You changed up from your mediocre tight ends and I know. Uh, have a mediocre quarterback this week. So good for, <laughs> good for you on can that I, call. Can I say, can I mention that I was, I was going to guess that Nate was going to go for, uh, I know he's a Broncos guy. I thought he was going to bust out Kendall Hinton. That would have been my uh, prediction. I did it. I did that earlier in the season. I just don't, I can't feel this Denver offense anymore. I just, oh. Nate has been burned by by the Denver Broncos. <laughs> I feel like every time you recommend one of them, it's it's their worst week of the season. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right, guys. I will not give you Kendall Hinton, but I will give you a sneaky wide receiver who it's a curious case with, with him. And it's Tyler Boyd against Cleveland. And it's weird, but like he's better with Jamar Chase in the lineup. I don't know if that's because he's getting defenders drawn off on him, but Averaging 17.4 PPR points um, over the last three games with Jamar Chase in the lineup. 6.7 targets during those games as well. I specifically like the matchup against Cleveland for a couple of reasons. One, they've absolutely been burned in the slot the last couple weeks. Chris Moore didn't have a huge week, but three for 46 against the tech, uh, against the Browns. That's a lot for Chris Moore, in my opinion. Chris Godwin, two weeks ago, 12 for 110. And then Trent Sherfield, four for 63 and one. So I think they're going to give up some yards here to Tyler Boyd. In his career, Tyler Boyd is averaging 15.7 PPR points against the Browns since 2018 when he really bursted onto the scene here. Last time I called Tyler Boyd as a sleeper, Nate, he hit and he went off for his best game of the season. Um, are you expecting the same result here or at least a, a playable one for Tyler Boyd? Bad secondary. Jamar Chase is healthy. What more do you want? That just that screams Tyler Boyd week. And I don't think that the that the Browns can keep the ball in their hands that long. I'm worried about that and, and that the Bengals are just going to have time of possession at their hands to dispose of, Pat. How do you feel this game plays out here from not only a fantasy perspective for Boyd, but maybe a betting perspective as well? Yeah, um, I like the Boyd call, Seth. And it, like it might seem counterintuitive, but Boyd actually has been more valuable with Chase than without. Like right. a lot of people were expecting this big target spike while Chase was out for Boyd, and it really didn't happen. Um, and I remember in the earlier game, that Halloween night blowout to um, the the Browns, uh, Boyd like was really doing almost nothing the whole game. I, I remember starting him in a league that night and he had a very late touchdown catch that, uh, you know, like pulled out my matchup that week. And, um, you know, but this time I, I think you're right. Like the chase thing, uh, chase's presence commands the attention of defenses. And like, sometimes we've seen defenses just sort of forget about Tyler Boyd. Although it's interesting. I, I don't know if T Higgins practiced today, but um, he was dealing with some sort of, injury issue. So it's possible they do have chase for this one and not Higgins. Uh, not sure what the practice reports are from today, but that's maybe something people should watch for. Uh, I like the call though. And uh, I, I, you mentioned the betting thing. I do have a little money down on the Bengals. Uh, I think they're going to 
come up with revenge on their mind after getting embarrassed on Halloween night in Cleveland. Yeah, it's a six-point line. I just didn't feel like it was enough like for the Bengals, who've been playing absolutely electric lately, just took down the Chiefs last week, and the Browns are kind of going in the opposite direction. So I also have my money on the Bengals this week, Pat, so I'm glad to hear that you're confident in them as well. Pat, we, we appreciate you joining us today, man. How can we best support you and the entire Fantasy Pros uh, team down the stretch here? Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. People can always find me on Twitter at Fitz underscore FF. They can check out the Fitz on Fantasy Pod, and they can find my written work at Fantasy Pros. Awesome. Well, Pat, we greatly appreciate you. We appreciate all the IBT family members who rode along with us today. If you guys are new to the channel, please like this video, subscribe, come back, and hang out with us again. We will be back on Tuesday. Until then, guys, good luck in week 14, and keep it in between until then. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fantasy football advice.